Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We're back. This is 95.9 FM WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My co-host, sidekick, business partner, and son, Justin, is uh, with me this morning. We're talking about investing uh, chronologically uh, in terms of where you should put your money and when sort of a thing and uh, we're basically uh, up to the point about uh, 529 college savings plans and other options but a couple of quick announcements uh, first of all next Saturday's show it's a rebroadcast of our credit counseling show with Peter Mullen of American Consumer Credit Counseling um, might be a good idea even if you don't think you have credit problems. And then uh, Saturday, June 1st, Retirement Planning Boot Camp. Get in shape to retire. Kirk and Alyssa will coach you through steps to be retirement ready. And uh, one more thing, folks. Uh, if you uh, didn't know, McNamara on Money also runs on Sundays here, WATD, from 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. It's a rebroadcast of the show the week before, but still good stuff to listen to. So if you get bored on Sunday mornings, uh, again, 7.30 to 9.30, uh, hopefully uh, it'll, it'll be helpful for you. Okay, uh, so when it comes to saving for college, three choices. Uh, a 529 college savings plan is plan A, and probably the most common. A uniform transfers to minor account or a kid account or an UTMA, as I call them, is an option uh, that Justin just, just finished up describing. And then there's a third option. It's just 
put the money in a taxable account. You want to take a minute with that, Justin? And we'll come back to what, what I'd like to do when you, I'd like you to, to kind of explain, well, wait a minute, I can just put money away for college in my own name for my kids or grandkids? Sure. Uh, but then when you get through with that, how about I want you to be thinking about a situation or two where it makes sense to use a UTMA or a situation or two where it makes sense to use a taxable account as opposed to a 529 plan. Okay? Sure. Okay. Okay, so the last uh, last option is just a taxable account. And again, it is, it's easy enough to do, to just save it inside of a taxable account and there are no restrictions on what you can do with it. All right, it's just like a brokerage account. It's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll actually get into this next, but um, if you have saved all your money in your retirement plan and then you put some money into a 529 plan and you have some in a nutma, a lot of times clients may want the additional flexibility of a of an account that can be used potentially for college, right? And we, and we see this and I'll just, I guess I'll jump right into an example yeah, where great. it might work, yeah. right? So you have a client and they have saved money for college, right? Sort of maybe their, maybe their first goal was I want to pay for 50% of our uh, of our kids' college educations, right? And so they've been saving and they've been doing their 529 plans and they are on pace for that now. And maybe the plan was, well, we're going to use our cash flow to pay for the other half, right? You know, you, they may, if you're lucky enough to be in the situation where you have cash flow, and a lot of times it happens where as, you know, kids approach college age, you know, the, the parents will be approaching sort of their mid-career earning peak and so often, not always, but often you will have excess cash flow at that point, And that may be the rough plan. Uh, so to just, you know, okay, we're going to save in a 529, we'll have X, and then we're going to make up the rest with our cash flow at the time. In those cases, if you have extra money, you may want to save it, but you may want the flexibility not to use it for college and not to put it in a UTMA account, right? It's not money that's going to go into the kid's name if you don't need it for college um, because in a UTMA they get they get all the money at 21 whatever's left over and you may not want to say let's say over save in a 529 because maybe you have enough to cover college through the 529 balance and for cash flow and then you get into a all right well maybe we'll just save it inside of a taxable account that's just in our names right you know if, if it's two parents it's, it's just in a joint account We'll invest it. We'll save it. There will be no tax advantage to do that, but we will maintain the flexibility to use it for college or for retirement or for whatever else we want to do, right? Maybe college yep. rolls around. Yep. Things are going great career-wise. It's easy enough to cover college with the 529 and uh, and with earnings, and then that money can just be rolled forward to retirement or maybe that's you know when, when you buy the second home. Uh, and so the taxable account is just sort of a backup, flexible. It's there if you need it, and if you need some extra cash, maybe it's you know maybe you didn't plan on grad school, but turns out you wanted to help out. That's great. You go ahead and you grab some money from your taxable account. Uh, there are ta- you know there's no tax advantage to it. Uh, we didn't we didn't quite cover the tax advantages of the UTMA account. There you know there are some. They're, they're halfway between the tax free and the 529 and the taxable and the other stuff for, for right for general purposes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there, yeah, there there are some tax advantage to the UTMA where the you know the first couple thousand dollars is taxed at sort of lower rates uh, for the kids. But if you have a large UTMA account, it's probably not a, it's probably not that great uh, from a tax point of view. At least not that much of an advantage. Uh, and the taxable account just has you know it's just taxed as you go. 
So technically not growing quite as fast as a 529 or a UTMA, but you have more flexibility to not use it for college. Yeah, yeah and unless the dollars are really big, the taxes aren't a big deal for most folks anyway, plus right. or minus. Uh, yeah. to give, I'll give an instance or two where you'd use an UTMA in lieu of a 529. So... Um, uh, in lieu of a 529, is an, yeah, that's that's a hard one. I mean, if you don't think college, you know, so there are some folks who don't think college is going to be the answer for their kids, right? I mean, may, you know, maybe you didn't go to college. Or they're sure that that's not going to be the answer to their or kids. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you're in a trade and, and the you know, the kid has an interest in that and it's it's going to be, you know, um, but, I, but I still want to save, right? I want to save to help my, help my kid get a head start. But for him or her, that's not going to be college. Maybe that's uh, you know a down payment on a house, or maybe that's a car, and so in that case, you can save inside of the UTMA account, and you have access to the cash. You know, you control it up to the age of 21, and then at that point, it reverts over to the kid, and maybe that was sort of your plan all along. You know, we'll we'll see. Often with UTMAs, it's a it's a both situation with 529s, but certainly not mandatory. And if college is not something that you're interested uh, in for your kids, and you don't think they'll be interested, the UTMA is uh, is a way to save to benefit their future, but just not on not specific to college. Yeah. Okay. And folks, we should probably should move on here because we've got a couple other places we want to go. But <clears throat> in grand summary, you know, you need to have the big discussion when your first child is born. Okay, and then each subsequent one, you know, uh, how much are we going to pay, okay, to our kids' college education? And pay may be savings, it may be out of your cash flow while they're in college, or it may be borrowed money. But how much or what percentage? Is there a limit? Uh, you know, how much are our kids going to pay? How is that going to work? Okay, and by the way, once once you've come up with a plan for paying for college, you might want to reconcile it with your plan for retirement. In fact, maybe you ought to have the plan for retirement first and then figure out what college works. Uh, but they're they're interrelated, uh, and, and uh, college is probably the most, one of the most significant expenses in your life, and you've got to be real careful about that, folks. That's all. Okay, um, so let's see. So you got your emergency reserves. There's plenty. you got your home equity line of credit. There's no balance. It's a backup. It's an insurance policy. You're funding your uh, retirement plan on course. Let's assume you got uh, retirement, I mean, the college covered just to make it easy. Well, I, I still got some money or I still got some income that I can save. Well, that, that, then the inv- the option would be what we, we would call a t- open a taxable account. If you're a single person, it's a, an account in your name. Uh, or if you're a married couple, it's a joint account. And believe it or not, we still I still chuckle when people say, I, I didn't know I could do that, you know, <laughs> sort of a thing. But so, folks, you can make it's a free country. You can open up an account at, at many different places and make investments. Doesn't have to be an official retirement plan, given the circumstances. Uh, and, you know, if you've got all those other bases covered, it's terrific to be able to save in a taxable retirement plan for a variety of reasons. Uh, um, You know, my take is, well, maybe you use that money for retirement, or maybe you have a goal in mind. I'd like to try to save for a vacation home or the vacation of a lifetime. Uh, Or, you know, maybe it is used for backup for college because you come up short. So you you can use those funds in there 
you know, for any number of things that that might you know present itself in your life, sort of a thing, uh, and uh, that's a kind of a nice thing. So, so you the you know what you do with this money and what the strategy is with this money, well, that kind of depends on a whole lot of things. Um, I like to call a taxable investment account money in the middle. <clears throat> okay, uh, fast forward to when you're retired. Okay, if you're retired and you have emergency reserves, that's good. And then all your other money is in retirement plans. Well, every time you have to, every time you want to take a vacation that you didn't plan for, or every time something might pop up, you want to spend money. Well, you don't want to take it out of your emergency reserves. You have to take it out of your retirement plan and pay some taxes. So it would be kind of nice. If you had some money you can get your hands on where you didn't have to pay a whole bunch of taxes and that you didn't have to touch your emergency reserves, hence my my describing it as money in the middle. Uh, if, if you're retired and you don't have some money in the middle, you might feel kind of poor because every time you want to do something nice for somebody else or take a vacation you didn't plan for, it's going to cost you a bunch of money in taxes to do that versus the not. So, so uh, it, you know, they they can be for a multitude of purposes and a multitude of strategies. You know, we have folks uh, who have discretionary income that go into one of these things, and some of them, you know, it would be like a generic account, right, Justin? It wouldn't they wouldn't know what they might use the money for, but they might find out sometime down the road, you know. Uh, and yep. so, so we would generally say, well, look. If you look inside your retirement plans, your strategies take you to retirement. But, you know, with with taxable money, you might not want to be that brave because you might want to use some of it before retirement. So so you also kind of have to be careful about what you select for a strategy in that account. But that relates back to whether you have any purpose or goal in mind for it. Uh, I'll stop there. Just your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it... it it gives you flexibility, which is always a good thing, right? I mean, it, it's just money that you can get your hands on pre-retirement, which is always good uh, because you know occasionally emergencies will come up. It also gives you some flexibility in retirement, where you may not want to, uh, where you may not want to take money out of your retirement plan, and that doesn't even necessarily mean in an emergency, right? Yeah. You know, you you may be able, you know, you may retire at, let's say, you retire at sixty-five. And if you have a, if you have all your money that you saved up, and this is, you know, the, the case a lot of times is that almost, at least with today's retirees, we see every dollar that they have is pre-tax, right? Because the Roth didn't, you know, it didn't gain popularity. Right. Uh, Way back when. Fairly, yeah, until, you know, it only was introduced, what, in the early 2000s or late yep. late 90s. And it only it's only recently available in, in most 401k plans. So we don't see, a, a, you know, a lot of large 401k balances that have sort of an after-tax component to them. Uh, and if you have some after-tax money, sort of taxable money, it'll give you some flexibility in retirement as far as as far as paying taxes, right? You know, if if every dollar that you have, if you if you if you saved a million dollars for retirement, and you need to grab some, um, you need to grab some money to to uh, you know for your life. If you take out fifty thousand, well, maybe that maybe the last ten grand of that will be you know will be taxed at a higher rate because you may jump a bracket. And if you have some if you have some money elsewhere, if you have some taxable money, it'll give you a little bit of flexibility with regards to the tax situation. You know, just give you a little diversification. Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll take 
I'll take 40 from my retirement plan because that's taxed in the 12% bracket. But if I go over that, I'm going to jump up to the 22. So I'm going to just, I'll, instead I'll grab 10,000 from my, uh, from my joint taxable account. And that way I don't, I'm not paying more taxes than I need to. So it's just, it gives you a lot of flexibility on a lot of different scores. And if, you know, by all means, if you, if you, if you've taken advantage of all the, um, you know, the tax, the tax advantage savings that you can do, we, we do recommend a taxable account because it gives you flexibility. Yeah, and, and I don't know I, how many times I just said flexibility, but it's a lot. I was yeah, really driving home the point. Yeah, and you know, I, and I still chuckle that, you know, lots of folks we meet for the first time they they didn't know you could do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just that's that's like a never-ending source of wonderment for me. I got to tell you. Okay, <clears throat> all right. So we only got about seven or eight minutes to do the last run here, Jess. <laughs> all right. So here we. Anything else on that before we get to the good stuff here? No. All right, so let me do the grand summary so far, folks. So let's see. you got plenty of money in your emergency reserve sitting in the bank, not earning you any money, but you're comfortable, and that's important. That's good. Okay, you have a home equity line of credit with a $200,000 ceiling. You have no money against it, and that's an insurance policy behind your emergency reserves. Peace of mind. That's a good thing. You're you're funding uh, your 401K plan or plans at work, two spouses, okay, uh, to what you need to fund them for. Uh, college is taken care of or grad school, let's assume that. Uh, and on top of that, you know, you've got some money in the middle for reasons discussed uh, a few moments ago. Well, geez, I, I still got some money over here and or some income that I don't know what to do with. Um, Let's see. Can can uh, you know, I got plenty of money in? I, I got everything else covered. Uh, I got some money that I you know, want to do something with, uh, and I don't want to pay any taxes. And what do I do next? Is that is that a good setting of the stage, my son? Or do you want to so. do you want to say say it differently? No, I mean I think you know we will. I mean certainly not everyone falls into this category, but generally speaking, when we get to you know the variable annuity i mean the the reason that you would do the variable annuity is is to get tax deferred growth right money that goes into a variable annuity is after tax money and then it grows tax deferred from there and then on the way out it's taxed on the way out so it's sort of like a hybrid of an ira and a taxable account where it's after tax money going in but you get tax deferral while you wait and before you take it out yeah ju- and just to interrupt very briefly before you go on Tax deferral works fine if your tax bracket now is higher than your tax bracket in retirement. It right. do, it doesn't work so well the other way around. But anyway, moving moving on. Right. <laughs> right okay. And by the and, way, I put the annuity fifth in line of putting money to work, folks. Right. Yeah. And so, and we will have you know. So, it's most appropriate in our minds and the, the time you know. The, we should state up front that we we uh, infrequently recommend them for clients just because they are sort of the, you know, once you, once you get past your retirement plan savings, and then once you get to a certain level of after tax savings at that point, you know, you may start looking around and say, Hey, you know what? I have more money to save and the odds that I use it, you know, even early in retirement or maybe even ever in my life are sort of are fairly remote and oh by the way I make a pretty good income and so my tax situation is going to be uh, you know on the higher side and you know that's where we get into the the variable annuity recommendation generally it's once all those buckets are full and you know we say oh man I get even more money than I need so let's let's go and at least we can 
will grow it without any uh, without any tax burden, uh, at least until I decide to take it out. If I ever decide to take it out, whereas I may just leave it to my kids. Yeah, and and again, I'm going to have Justin explain the pluses and minuses. But to, 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 to very carefully state this, if you're in your if you're in a 25 percent tax bracket, and you are doing a variable annuity with after-tax dollars, and if you're in a 12% bracket in retirement, you lose. You know, you you, you paid taxes at 25% and save 12%. That's not good math, folks. So the, well, no, you didn't get a deduction, though, so no, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Uh, well, yeah, but you're still taking money out at a lower rate, uh, at a higher... Uh, if you, you paid taxes at 25% on the earnings, or you would have, versus 12% on the earnings later on. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense, folks. Higher brackets now, lower brackets later. You okay with that broad statement? Mm, no, because there's no deduction. So okay. the, the the math that you're doing with a variable annuity is, right, so, so you could pay taxes now, right? So this is money that's not going into a retirement plan. So the alternative would be just a taxable account, right? I have $100,000. Yeah. Yep. Should I put it into a taxable account or into a variable annuity? Okay. If you put it in the taxable account, you're you're paying taxes as you go, but those tax rates are lower, right? So you're you know you're in the you know you're at capital gains rates and you're at dividends rates, which are which are you know in general lower than income rates. Okay. Yep. And so you you pay lower taxes sort of on an ongoing basis versus potentially higher taxes. Uh, you know, sort of at a one time or or at the very end, right? So you you may you know you're probably paying a higher tax rate, all else being equal, when you take money out of an annuity. But if you let it grow long enough, that can end up being a good decision. So it's really a yeah. matter of it's a function. It's more a function of time and how much time you have to let it grow. And tax at income versus tax to capital gains. You have to put those two things together Correct. to figure out where you go. Yep. Right. Okay. All else being equal, you pay a, you'll pay a higher tax rate on your earnings more than likely. On a variable annuity, but if you you know if you were able to let it grow tax deferred without any taxes for, a long for thirty time. years, yeah. you yeah. know then that can be in yeah. your best interest. So it's really you know th- we find these mostly for you know I, I guess again we're generalizing obviously, but we're talking about folks who are you know maybe you know generally sort of let's call it you know fifties right so forties and 50s, yeah and, and by the way they, they usually don't have thirty you know the conundrum here is they usually don't the people who should do a variable annuity in their twenties or thirties but it's well, not it's not appropriate for them but most of them are yeah. doing it for their kids usually yeah. that's okay what I mean. most of us are you know most of the times we use it are saying oh you know you have enough money and you know you're lucky enough to, that your retirement plan says that you'll ha- you have more than you need and so the variable annuity for you makes sense because all of a sudden your time horizon is your your full life and even at yeah. fifty okay okay you know hopefully we're talking about a forty year you know, growth growth horizon there. Yeah, and the last statistic I saw, which was a while ago, was that about three quarters of your variable annuities never get accessed anyway, sort of right. a thing. So that's so so it's good for long term money that you probably will never use. You okay with that? Right. Or yeah. or sort of back up. Oh, you know, um, you know, maybe uh, you know, not not that it's not by no means a replacement for long term care insurance, yeah. but yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't plan to ever use it if I ever need it. You know, hopefully later in life for maybe some, you know, for for long term care, nursing home care, home care. Yeah. Um, it's not bad money to have in that circumstance either, because yes, at, at that point, you know, hopefully you have to pay a lot of taxes, right? Because hopefully it grew a bunch, but 
you know, you have you probably have some significant tax deductions if that's what you're using it for anyway. So very, very long term. I plan to never use it. You know, maybe in an emergency toward the end of life and or it goes to my kids. Yeah, and they're but folks, we've only got a minute here, so they're very complicated. Most of them come with high expenses. Some of them come with guarantees that you have to be careful about. It's a it's a very confusing world. But, but our point is the money that should go in there is money you probably never need, okay, or have a very small chance of it. Okay, so that, that, you know, if you, if you buy a variable annuity at age 35 with some money you got from whatever, you know, but once in a while if somebody gets an inheritance and it's a young person, we'll stick a chunk of it away so that they can you know, never touch it again and tell them, hey, this is, forget about this, you, you don't have this money. But you're right, yep. very long, take advantage of time and tax deferral. But uh, n- 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 in our humble but yet biased opinion, uh, they're, they're like the last place you put your investment money. Everything else is covered, and congratulations if you get that far would be where I would come from. Okay. Yep. Uh, Justin, any, uh, I'm, I'm done with my summary comments. Any closing comments you'd like to make? We're just about out of bullets here. No, we didn't even get to my, to hey, my agenda. I told you this would run the whole two hours. So sooner or later, you'll figure that out. Okay, well, then only, we can... Only, only you know how many tangents you're going to go off on. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> but, but hopefully there were educational <laughs> tangents that people understood. Well, but listen, we can... All right, so we can talk about doing the stuff that you had next time here. All right, so folks, a couple of quick announcements. I just got the two-minute signal, but... I, Okay, that's the clock is a little weird. Okay, uh, all right, so a grand summary. Emergency reserves, please. Okay, an equity line of credit with zero balance as an insurance policy against your emergency reserves. Okay, all of your serious money goes into retirement plans at work as much as possible. Okay, uh, save for college, but the biggest part of, and we talked about the investments, but... You're going to come out of pocket cash flow-wise, and you're going to borrow money. Be very careful about how, how you obligate yourself for college or what it costs. It can mess you up. Okay, when you get college squared away, if you've got some discretionary funds, open up a taxable account. And, hey, congratulate yourself for, uh, for having some backup money in the middle that might help with college if you came up short, that might help with retirement, might do something else sort of a thing. And if you're in Fat City and the rest of your life is looking pretty good, you can take a look at an annuity from a tax deferral point of view. And congratulations, I guess, if you get that far. All righty. Hey, Justin, it's been fun. Now, we'll do your stuff next time. How's that sound? Okay? Sounds good. Have a good one. All right. You too. Take care. Folks, my name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Have a great week. Take care.